0: Well, good morning, everyone. How are we y 'all doing well? Yes, that well oh man you 're going into a fast today. I hope you 're doing better than that, or maybe that 's why you can barely clap like oh i don 't have the strength yet already i don 't have the strength already well i 'm starting my fast after lunch i 'm going to start it after lunch and i 'm going to finish it with lunch so next week so i 'm going to do it i 'm going to do it well i 'm going to sleep good tonight though. Uh, we are Ali and I have chosen to do uh, fast all solid foods, so it's just it's just liquids. So for one week, we're excited about that. We know that God's going to do some amazing things this year. Uh, even already, just in the seven days, we've been cutting out Netflix and social media. Deleted those social media apps. I feel so free, I feel liberated. I don't have any of the. I don't know what's going on in the world. Somebody yesterday said, "Well, aren't you concerned about this?" i don't know what's happening i'm good i feel peace i feel this peace that surpasses understanding that god promises i've been leaning and leaning into the book i got away from facebook and went to the book so i'm hoping you're chasing this down with us i want to remind you of the seven the the, the prayers that we are fasting during this seven days uh there we were the prayers we were praying during the fast. fastest seven days we're not fasting prayer <laughs> don't fast prayer Praying fast, <laughs> and then also we're praying the following week. So these twenty-one days, blessings and help for our nation. Boy, we need it. Just, just Lord, let let the nation come under Your government in Jesus' name. We're praying for our families. We're we're praying over our families. We're praying for the generations that have gone before us, and we're praying for the generations that come after us. We're, we're, as we're listening. We're, li- we're listening to the Lord. He speaks. As we're listening to the Lord, we're writing the things down in our man journal. You know, our tough man journals or our, our dainty little diaries. You know, we're, we're writing these things down. Okay, Lord, you say, this is what you're saying about my family. This is what you're saying about my kids, my grandkids. I don't even have grandkids, but God knows those grandkids that you will one day have because he knows you. He knew you before you were born. He knows the grandkids that are coming before you're born. You can find all this on version. by the way. You can just go in there, save it for you techies. And then and we're going to release of divine health. Lord, just heal me. I just let your release of healing be on me and my family in Jesus' name. When COVID starts to come to me, it just falls because of the presence of God that's on my life right now in Jesus' name. There is no, it cannot touch me. I, I believe in a supernatural God that can do things just like that. We're already getting reports. Uh, Deb said that her mom told her this week because we're praying this prayer specific her father started eating again and feeling better, feeling stronger, and, and he's been struggling. Well, I prayed for a guy that comes here last week, his back. He said, I know, I know I shouldn't have been uh, working for 12 hours on my back yesterday, but I did, and it, it hurts. Well, let me pray for you, brother, right there in the, in the entry. He didn't get healed right then. He went to Walmart afterwards, prayed for another lady for her back to be healed, and God healed his back in the moment of that. So, Sometimes you, God heals you instantaneously, sometimes he heals you incrementally, and then sometimes you are a, a miracle for somebody else. You may carry that pain. Well, God, well great. God wants to know you're going give to that, give that blessing away to somebody else. He can do some work with somebody who's willing to give a blessing away. And then we're talking about an abundance. We're praying for an abundance. I'm sorry, the warring angels would be released. Let those ministering spirits, they're in this time of fasting when I'm feeling feeble and weak. And, oh, I want that coffee. or I want that, that roll, that bread. I just want, mmm, give me some, give me that roll from Texas uh, Roadhouse. Or I, just, I want that butter that they have over there, the apple butter, honey butter. What, mm. But, Lord, let your ministering spirits come around me and sustain me. Lord, let those warring angels be sent out to fulfill your word because God said he sends warring angels to fulfill his will. And and Lord, as, as I'm battling this thing out and I'm drawing near to you, let your warring angels walk alongside me and let it be that you're doing the work in front of me as I'm submitting my will to your will. That's good stuff. For an abundance of work. Lord, last year the locust ate some stuff up in my life, and I need some work this year. We're praying for an abundance of work, such creativity that comes to you through this fast that you have creative ideas to start businesses that you didn't otherwise foresee how you could do it. Or you're needing to hire new employees because there's so much work just starting to come in. Y'all don't believe me, do you? Y'all don't believe God can do that. I'm telling you, where do you think it comes from now? You think you're that good? Come on, somebody, let's get in agreement with me today. Church, it all comes from God and all goes back to God. And it's all from and through and it all sustains for him. So is what I'm doing, I've got to challenge it. Is the abundance of work that I want, is it for him or me? Next steps, what are my next steps? Man, I, I, we put a little card in here for you. If you don't have it, grab it. If you don't have it, grab it. We've got this in the back for you to... Follow along with us in this 21 days of, of prayer and fasting. We've got scripture for you to read with us, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this, and I'm going to pray and fast this week. What are my next steps? Salvation, baptism. Next, I've never become a member of Thrive. I'm going to go to that next steps thing that Camille was talking about at 9 and 10.45 a.m. on the second and fourth Sunday. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that this year. I'm going to commit. What are three things that God wants me to commit and be consistent in? in my spiritual journey. Can we, get some, can we get some believers that are consistent? Can we get some believers that are committed in Jesus' name? Can we get some believers that are going to do what they say they're going to do and they stay steadfast in the midst of the doubts and the troubles and the pains and the trials and the difficulties and the hard stuff that God uses, by the way, to bring the ugly stuff that's inside of you up so that he can, he can deal with it with you? Because it's going to come up. And it's not the exterior that's the problem. Hallelujah. Beat me up. I love you. I love you, by the Like, I'm not that guy just beating you up, saying, I love you, I love you. No, I'm giving you some stuff that's going to bring some old stuff out so we can find some healing. And those who have been there and on that journey, they can say, a hey, yes, and amen, and hallelujah. Let me just tell you. Fasting. Okay, I'm going to step into this fast conference. We're going to find some freedom February 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. I'm telling you there's going to be some stuff broken open in your lives and your family for the generations that come after you. There's going to be some good stuff happening this week. We're we're praying also for that first fruit offering. I don't even know what that is because the Lord has been so good to me in 2020. I'm believing for even more in 2021. Lord, what is this first fruit that you want me to bring in to your kingdom, to your presence? Lord, we give to God through the local church. And when Adam or Cain and Abel brought in the gift, they brought in a first fruits offering unto the Lord. And Cain didn't like the way that Abel did it. Abel did it as unto the Lord. He did it the Lord's way. Cain got upset. Oh, the Lord gave favor to to Abel. Why why can't I get that favor? Well, we do it as unto the Lord, and we do it the Lord's way. Lord, what is it it that you want me to give as a first fruit offering financially this year? Allie and I are already praying over that. We're already praying into that. By the end of this month, we're going to bring it in. This right here, this 21 days uh, prayer and fast, week of fast, that is a spiritual first fruit offering that you're doing in in January, in the beginning of the year. So you're saying... Lord, I know there's going to be an outpouring, a breaking free, a breakthrough in my life and my family's life, and I believe it so much that I'm going to bring in the first fruits of my devotion of prayer, of fasting, of really letting go of some stuff so I can get more of you inside of me. And I'm going to spend some time with the body of Christ, reading through these verses and journaling them back and praying and soaping scripture, observation, applying them and praying over these things because I'm going to do it with a body of people because I want to be in unity and community. Because community strengthens us and a people who are united god says there's nothing more sweet than brothers and sisters who are united for his purpose i want to be a sweet aroma before god and so i want to be united with the body because a house divided that ought to make me want to just unite and just get along with what the body's doing and just say hey but not my will Let's just do what the body is doing. Let's, let's do it together. I want to be united because God can do some amazing things through a body of people who are united for one purpose. So we're talking about prayer. In our, today, in our paths of prayer, we're talking about intimacy through prayer. Intimacy through prayer. And I'm going to teach you one model, one, one, one process, one pattern of prayer so that you can use in case you're like, I don't know what. I don't know how to do this. I don't know what to do. I'm I'm nervous. I'm going to break that all down. So let me pray for you. Let's pray together before we move into this. So Father, we just thank you so much for this day. Thank you that we get to be here. Thank you for everything that you've already done. Thank you that we had fuel in our vehicles to be able to get to Thrive Community Church this day. Thank you that you gave us clothes so that we could wear, so that we could make it to church and not look like Adam and Eve after the, after the fall. Thank you, Lord, that you gave us food, and there's abundance of food for us to eat. Thank you for the, the, the coffee that's in the cafe over there. Thank you for the hospitality team. Lord, thank you for technology. Thank you for everything that you're doing, Father, and my family. Thank you that you brought my family uh, together. Lord, if, if, if maybe your family's not here today, thank you, Lord, that you have restoration already in place for my family as I seek you during this seven-day fast and these 21 days of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Father, if there's anything in us that doesn't look like you, I pray that you identify it, bring it to the surface so that we can work on it this year. We can get this stuff out of the way. We can break these chains and these cycles that are in our family line, Lord, for once and for all. And I pray that you will give us the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the love and the teaching And the counseling and the comfort from the Holy Spirit to help us move with grace beyond where we are today. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen. Ephesians six eighteen says this: Pray in the Spirit in every situation. And when I'm, when I'm driving down the road, I'm just praying, just praying, I'm, I'm, I'm praying. Sometimes I'm praying in my prayer language and sometimes just praying out loud in, in known language. Sometimes when I'm, when I'm in your presence, someone with you, I'm sitting there praying in my inner man, my inner man just sitting there praying because I want to I say what the Lord wants to say. I want to be in agreement with what he has to say. Sometimes some of you are like, you don't want me to say what I want to say. I need to submit myself right there in the middle of that. Amen. Right? You want to say, whoa? let me just, Lord, not my will, not my thoughts. Let, let me get up under you, uh, while, I'm, while I'm driving down the road, while I'm, while I'm in, in a difficult situation at work or in, in a meeting or out in public and, and I don't like something, well, let me go to prayer, let me go to prayer, let me go to prayer. So I'm praying all times in all circumstances before I, I pick up that phone and I make that call because so-and-so said something or the rumor was this and uh, before I send back that email, that long email I just sent, I just blew you up and then uh, before I press send, let me pray. Lord, is that going to be good? delete, send, delete. Thank you for your comments. I really appreciate you. You're a good man or good woman. (laughs) I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. And send. Let me just pray first while I send that that text, that dictate. I can't even write all these things, type all these things. I'm just going to dictate it to you. And then I know, let me delete, 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 copy, select all, delete, Okay, thank you. I'll pray about that. Uh, (laughs) You know how it is. Be careful pressing that dictate button. It's sitting there recording everything that you're saying, and you're just sitting there lamenting back, and "Ah," and then all of a sudden, your your, your rear end presses send. You better watch it. (laughs) What in the world? Where's that coming from? Pray first. Pray first. But I want to debunk some myths. I want to break down some awkward tension that happens, because You've probably been in one of those prayer circles where, like, somebody that's really charismatic and, and and extroverted come around. Okay, everybody, let's get together. Let's have a prayer circle, and let's just go. let to grab hands, and, and let's just—we're going to pray. I'm gonna, so I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray right now. And then when I'm done, I'm going to squeeze. And so whenever you're done, you pray. You, you, you just squeeze, and it'll be the next person's hand. Everybody, anybody ever been in that that circle? Okay. And if some of you are—that's you. I'm, I'm talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> somebody just said, Amen. And it gets going, and we're praying, and are really subtle, and, and just calm, and calm prayers, and you got different people in there, in that prayer, and then all of a sudden, somebody breaks out with King James, old King James, and, oh, Lord, thou, 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 thou blood I thirst for, and Lord, it is the prayers of a righteous man availeth much, and it's before long, you're taking all this, and it sounds like you're praying with Tigger in there, and Tigger in your prayer circle, and... and <laughs> What just happened? And then the next person's like, Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, praise you, Lord, hallelujah. The next person's, Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I mean, just getting really like pumped up and fired up. The next person's like, Then sings my soul. And you're in this circle, squeeze, squeeze. And it comes around you, and you're like, Squeeze, squeeze. You just move it all around. (laughs) Well, while you're in the middle of that squeeze, squeeze, I want to break down any intimidation and awkwardness and intrepidation, anxiety, worry, fear. I want to break down all that stuff so that you could confidently be you in prayer. You don't have to bring in the these and the thou's. You don't have to sing, thy, thy, thy will be done, my, all things my soul. You don't have to say all the hallelujah. You can, but just be you is what's most important. So I'm going to give you a pattern that helps you to find who you are in, in prayer life and in prayer time so that you can be all God created you to be, okay? That's what's most important, that you become all God created you to be. So I use this in uh, some extended times of prayer that I have. I use this when I'm just kind of feeling funky and I don't know what to pray or how to pray in that moment. I'm just feeling like mm, I'm grumbling, but my, my soul is grumbling, and sometimes my flesh doesn't want to, but I know my spirit is desiring to, so I choose to live by the spirit and not by the flesh. And so, I, I, in this time, I, I pray this prayer. It's called the prayer of Moses. There's many prayers throughout scripture. There's the Lord's prayers, prayer of Jabez. There's, there's many varieties of prayer. But I'll I'll use this, I'll use those, but I'll use this one right here because of all the dynamics I'm about to show you. And it's really simple, I can pray this in five minutes, or I can pray it in, in 55 minutes. I can take as much time or as little time as I want, once I put this into practice, I get it. Well, the prayer of Moses, Moses was the deliverer that God used to bring his people, Hebrews, out of Egypt, out of bondage. And so as they were pulled out of that, out of that bondage, they were still wild and reckless and had a lot of evil in their hearts. And so God called Moses up onto Mount Sinai for 40 days. There he was communing with Moses. And Moses with, was with God face to face talking. And God showed Moses what he wanted his tabernacle to look like. A tabernacle was just a portable church. Whenever we first started Thrive, we were in a portable church over in Gibson's Pharmacy for a while. And then we got an invitation to go over to ACPA for a while. And then we were we are a portable church there. We would set up on Saturdays in Gibson, tear down on Sundays. We were able to be temporary portable in ACPA. And then we're, we're here now. We found our permanent house. And so uh, then God would move in a cloud by day and a fire by night. And when the cloud or the fire would move, so would the Hebrew people. There was about 3 to 4 million people that came out of Egypt, 3 to 4 million Hebrews. They would go with God. They would follow the fire and the cloud. When it stopped, they would set up camp. And they would set up this tabernacle the way that God designed for it to be set up. Look at this, Exodus 25, 8 and 9 says, have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. You must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern I will show you. So God, God is really good. He's systematic. He loves to give us patterns, but yet he moves beyond systems. He moves beyond all of that to break us into new places. And so they, they, would, they would set up, as, as the cloud or the fire would move and, or, or settle, they would set up this tabernacle, and then they the, the different tribes, the different people, the different tribes uh, of the Hebrews would set up around the tabernacles and always in the same spaces. In an actual, actuality, it would make the symbol, the sign of a cross. Every time they stopped, they would make a cross. And so the tabernacle would be in the middle. They would surround the tabernacle. In fact, I have a picture for you. I showed you this on Christmas. I gave you some explanation, and I'm just going to tell you this is a little deep. And if you don't get this today, don't don't feel like uh, well, I don't I just don't understand the word. That's why we have this on Facebook, on YouTube. That's why we have this on our on our website. You can go back, find links, and then watch it again, or you can listen to it again. We have it on our podcast. This is it's for you to get back into it, just wrestle with a little a little bit. There's things in God that you just we just don't get the first time, and that's why we have to wrestle with the Word of God a little bit and let it get inside of us and find some understanding. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take. The, the difficult things, I'm going to bake it down, and I'm going to put the, ki- the, the cookies on the bottom shelf for you today. Everybody wants some warm cookies today. It's, I know it's a little cold in here. We'll bring some warm cookies for you to eat. Well, you're going to eat good. They're going to be really good cookies. They're going to be better than, than the crumble over in Tyler. These are going to be better than that. And so, and so the, the tabernacle, you'd go in. This is the outer court and the inner court. And this is what they would set up every time the smoke or the fire would stop. You would go through the curtain, through the gate, through the door? Who's the door? Yes, the door. And everything in here would point to Jesus. In fact, the whole tabernacle points at Jesus. Jesus, they would go through the door. They would go through, there's the brazen altar would be the first thing that they would come to. And then there would be the brazen laver. That's the place of washings. Then you'd go through the five pillars over to the lampstand or the candlestick, the lampstand. You'd go across to the showbread, the table of showbread. And then you would go to the the altar of incense. This is the holy place. And then behind the veil which Jesus, which tore from top to bottom when Jesus was on the cross so that we could go into the holiest of holies, you would go through that veil into the holiest of holies where the Ark of the Covenant is. And this is different than the one in the Raiders of Lost Ark. It's very, they actually did a really good depiction. I mean, it looks the same in the Raiders of Lost. but your, fa- your face will not burn off. You will not, it will not just melt away when you get into the presence of God, okay? So that's a little different. And no Germans are going to start coming after you as you start to pursue God. Y'all are going to go watch that movie today. And you're going to go, oh, that's what that crazy pastor was talking about. And so these are the different elements, the different furnishings that God would have built by the Hebrews. And every, every part is very important for us spiritually to understand. And so Exodus 33:11 says this, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And I want you to just stare at this. These blue letters. The the Lord would meet, speak to Moses face to face because I wonder how your life would be if you knew, not believed, if you knew that whenever you entered into intimacy with, in prayer with God, he would meet you face to face. I believe, fully believe, that you would begin to go into intimate times of prayer a lot more often if you knew, I'm about to go be face to face with the Lord. And my face is not going to melt away. Yeah. So we're gonna, I'm going to show you how to do that today. And you're thinking, well, that's great, Nathan. That's great, but that's the Old Testament stuff. And there's law and there's, pro- there's all that stuff under there. But what does that mean in the New Testament? Well, let me show you. Matthew 5, 17 says this. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. And Jesus fulfilled all of the law and all of the prophets so that we could live by grace and not under the law. However, I can show you every part of spiritual aspect of the New Testament... That points back to a law in the Old Testament or a prophetic utterance that is in the New Testament. That is in the Old Testament. Jesus fulfilled all of those, and so He embodies all of those. And by grace, we're able, empowered to live beyond our sin nature and into all the things that He came for us to fulfill. If I had an, if I had three three hundred sixty five days to sit with you, I could probably just break this down to you because there's that many there's there's that many laws. So. We would just move into the outer court, from into the outer court, through the gate. you would go through the door, and this is called the outer court, and how you get through the gate would be how, with Thanksgiving. So it's all about giving God thanks. It's gratitude for what you already have. It's not gratitude for what you want to have or what you think you should have. It's gratitude for what God has already done for you. Even if he never does anything else again in your life, what he has done for you to this day, this point, is enough. It's sufficient. You're thankful. And gratitude changes your attitude. And when your attitude is full of gratitude, it changes the atmosphere. And when you start to walk in and go into prayer and you feel funky, but you start thanking God for what he's already done, thank you for the cross. If you do nothing else, you've already given me me salvation. And that is more than enough because I get to have eternal life in that salvation. You start with that. And that gratitude starts to change your perspective. That grumbling and that doubt and that worry and that anger all starts to fall away because you're thankful for what God... You start to thank God for the difficult people in your life, and all of a sudden you start seeing them differently and from a different perspective. Now God's perspective starts to enter in. You start thanking God for those difficult moments at at work. You start thanking God for those difficult times and those extra hours that Thrive Community Church is asking you to serve, and you start being thankful. For the opportunity that you even have the health to be able to get up and even go serve, you start thanking God for all these things that are starting to cause the grumbling that emerges and surfaces that stuff that God doesn't desire to be in you, and so He's using situations to draw it out of you to see are you going to be thankful even still? So you start thanking Him. Psalms 104 says this We enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. So I just start thanking the Lord and I start, I start moving out of my, my situation and I start moving into his presence, into his courts. And then you would move past there and you would come to the, the, the altar of sacrifice. And this would be on fire, it'd be coals and they would throw bloody animals on top of it and be, be sacrificing animals because without Without blood sacrifice, there is no atonement for sins. There's no remission of sins without the atonement. There's no salvation. And in the New Testament, this right here is a picture of the cross. Because what Jesus did on the brazen, he putting himself on the altar, putting himself on the cross, he was the final sacrifice so that you and I could have entrance into the, king of king, the kingdom of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So that we could have eternal salvation, so we could have life. So that we could have access to everything that Jesus actually did on the cross. And I'm about to explain that. So not only can you go to God... But Hebrews tells us that you can go boldly into the throne of grace to receive mercy in your time of need. Meaning, whatever is on your heart, you can go to him and share it and, and lament or complain and, and talk about it. You don't need a mediator. You don't need a priest to, to come between you and talk to God for you. You don't need Mary. You have Jesus Christ, who is your high priest, and you can go directly to the throne room of God in your time of need. And I just love to make it real. I stop there and I focus on the cross. I remember that my sins that would one day come and have come are part of what he carried on the cross. Our sins collectively, the world's sins, the weight of the world's sins were put upon him on the cross and he chose to do that for me and for us the whips the lashes the crown of thorns the spitting everything that he took I stay I sit there and I think about that and I make it real for me so that I can find appreciation I can find humbling and I can submit myself to the things that Christ did for me Romans 5 6 says for when we were still without strength I remember when I was so weak so feeble so without strength, so full of shame and condemnation and guilt. And I just wasn't, I wasn't strong enough to just do life. I remember that in due time, Christ died for the sinner, the ungodly. Because I was so ungodly. And every one of us are ungodly. And to the point we, we get saved and God says, okay, now let's start working on that ungodly nature. Because you have a new nature now. Let that new nature, that spirit man come alive so that we can work on that old nature. In my prayer, I remember these things. So before I go and ask for more, let me give you my long list of things that I want, God. I pause. I thank him. I remember what has already been taken care of on the cross because of the blood of Jesus. And there were four wounds of the cross that I I could, I could take a day and explain to you. Real quickly, prophetically, Isaiah saw this hundreds of years before it happened. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. And transgressions is is something that you do. That's that ungodly nature that's still living inside of you. You do You cross the line. You got out of line. You did something you, you, know, you knew you shouldn't have done. You know it's outside of God's word, but you did it anyway. You transgressed. That's what that means. And an iniquity is something that you are. It's inherited from generations that have come before you. Uh, scripture says that he will, ge- he will visit the iniquities of the third and the fourth generations. Listen, you've got 30 people of generations, great-great-grandparents. There's 30 people in your generational line that God visits, says, hey, this is some stuff that you need to deal with. He's not putting it on you. The fact is that no man or woman in Christ before you stood their ground and said, I'm going to repent, I'm going to renounce, and I'm going to ask for forgiveness for these iniquities that are in my life and in my family's life so that my children don't have to do a deal with this and my grandchildren children don't have to deal with this. I'm going to show you how to do that in our Freedom Conference, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of February. You need to be there. I'm telling you, you need to be there. Because in a husband's wives, until you change, those children are not going to change. A transgression, an iniquity, it's, it's a bent. In in Hebrew words, avon, it's a way that we tend, we have tendencies. You, You know you have these natural tendencies. I don't know why I keep doing this stupid thing. I know it's an iniquity. It is, and, But it's okay because Jesus was bruised for those so that you can be set free from those things. And then the crown of thorns for our peace. Jesus took this pain in his brain so that we wouldn't have to live with anxiety and depression and worries and fear and stressors. We don't have to live with those things. But we do need to learn how to appropriate what was done at the cross in our lives. It, do, it does not happen. That, it's not a byproduct that all of a sudden you get all of this done. It starts to take place in your life just because you get saved. No, you have access so that you can begin to appropriate what is necessary so that you can come under and receive these things. I'm going to show you. You're like, I don't know what he's saying. We'll come first, third, second, third on February, and you will understand. You will have a clear understanding. And then for he was, he, his wounds, his wounds, the stripes on his back, he took so I can be set free from everything that causes dis-ease. Everything that causes disease in my life, my relationships, my marriage, my emotions, my body. Oh, he took the wounds for that because we are healed. Now I need to know how to appropriate God's word into my life so that I can find these things. I'm dwelling on it. But we need, we, the church really needs to be. Uh, discipled and educated and understand everything that we have so that we can be who we're called to be for the world who is lost and once we start to discover and appropriate and apply the things that have been given given to us at the cross we will take we will turn this world upside down and until then the church will be disabled because we're a a body that has about 20 percent of it that's functioning I'm glad my whole body works. I'm glad it's not just my leg dragging my body around everywhere it wants to go. Anybody see onward? You just got got the dad that only has legs, no body, upper body. I'm glad that's not me. And I bet Jesus is saying, I'm wondering when my body is going to wake up. Because I'm ready to put my head on it. If you love to worship... In your devo- devotional time, put some songs on that are about thanksgiving. And, and some sto- song, songs on that are about uh, the, the cross. And, and it's some songs that begin to bring you into a place of meditation for these different aspects, these different elements. Because we move towards the laver. We have baptism. That's, that's the, ap- the, the ac- application of baptism as well. That brazen laver where you begin to walk into it. That you would go from the altar to the laver. And that's when you go in and you and you, you lean down and there's mirrors in the bottom of the laver and so it's like, oh Lord, I got some stuff on me. I got, I, I'm a little. He, he got to wash off. Oh, I'm 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 dirty. I got I got some stuff in my life, Lord. And that's when when you begin to in the laver you offer every part of my life to God. What you did, thank you, Lord, for, for everything that you've done. You, you've paused at the cross, thank you, Lord, that I even had salvation. And then once you move past the cross, you look at yourself, oh, gosh, there's still some ungodliness inside of me. There's still some evil in there. There's some stuff that doesn't look like you, Jesus. You identify with that. You see that. And so you at that place, you, you've moved into your place of prayer where it's like, Lord, my brain I'm going to give you every part of my life, every part of my body, I give you my brain, Lord. I got some thoughts in here that don't look like you, they don't sound like you. I got some thoughts that rattle around in here and they're a distraction, they're a discouragement. I feel defeated right here in this area, Lord. I'm going to give you my mind today because your word says whatever is true, whatever is trustworthy, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, I'm going to choose, I'm going to appropriate, I'm going to choose to think on these things this day so that I can be who you created me to be. You notice how you have to apply your will to choose to think those thoughts? Because there's competing thoughts that tell you all kinds of lies about who you are and who your family is and how you're never going to make it. And your marriage is always going to be dysfunctional. And your finances, you're always gonna be in poverty. Anybody ever hear those lies? But I'm gonna to choose to think about what is true, what is holy, what is trustworthy worthy, what is pure. I'm gonna choose. Lord, my my eyes, my eyes, Lord, I love in Job it says, I've made a covenant with my eyes so that I do not look lustfully upon a maidservant. So I'm making a covenant with my so I do not look in places I shouldn't be looking. And whenever I start to drift that way, mm-mm, nope, conviction of the Holy Spirit says, I made a covenant with my eyes. I didn't make a contract that as long as my wife does what she wa- I want her to do and acts the way she should, and as long as my wife honors me, I won't look at another woman. Nope, I'm making a covenant with my eyes. Not going to do it. Not going to happen. Uh, Lord, my ears. Lord, protect my ears because I know what comes in. Oof. I start to speak that stuff, and Lord, I just need to, I don't want to hear any of that stuff. I'm tired of hearing all that stuff about politics. I'm tired tired of hearing everything about COVID. I'm tired of hearing all the problems of the world. I'm tired of hearing all this junk. I'm tired of hearing that music. I'm tired of hearing the stuff that is such a distraction to me. Lord, help me. Oh, my mouth. Oh, Lord. We're going to spend some time here. I'm I'm a communicator, and how many know that what God has given you to be a blessing, the devil will take and pervert. And I used to be the world's worst at being able to at a tongue whip somebody out of my hurt when I was a kid. Well, you, you start to get into a tongue fight with me? Oh, I got you. I'm going to put you down to where you want to cry, and I have to back off just so I don't make you cry. Oh, I can, I can do it. I'm a communicator. But if that put it under the grace of God, he can now use it. You put your gift, the gifting that God has given you, by the way, and it stop being perverted, perverted for wrong things. And you let that thing come under God's grace. He will begin to use that so that he can bring freedom and bring healing and bring restoration to this world. He's already given it to you. You've got it. My mouth, my hands, Lord, help me to, to reach out to somebody who, who is in need this day. Lord, my feet, let it be that you are guiding my feet so that I'm walking the righteous path and I'm going down the path that's your will so that I don't try to take control of my life, Lord, but I'm just walking out what you want me to walk out. I'm giving my body away. I'm giving my life away at the labor. Romans 12.1 says, I plead with you, Paul says. I plead with you. I mean, that, that's a strong word. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you has Jesus done something for you Paul is pleading with you to give all that stuff away because of what Jesus has done. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. I'm just a living, holy... You know, they, they, God used to meet with people in the temple, but now you are the temple. There used to be a sanctuary. This is not a sanctuary. This is a place where we meet where the sanctuaries come in, the temple. The temples come into this place, and we're able to worship together. Do you get that concept? God used to write with Moses. He wrote his law on tab- tablets of stone and now God says in the New Testament he writes it on stone heart your heart so they can bring those hearts of stone into flesh but we got to get in that word we got to eat some of that that bread of life Romans 12 1 says the kind he will find acceptable the kind of sacrifice he finds acceptable don't don't bring the junk in bring your junk and leave it to him but don't come in here intentionally, oh, uh, he'll just, you know, I don't, have to, I don't have to do anything. Don't be lethargic. No, i got to choose. i got to appropriate my will to do the things that God, to appropriate what God has given me on the cross. This is truly the way to worship him. And then you move into, right as you go into the, 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 the pillars of the holiest of holies. The five columns, the five pillars, and every one of these actually have a name in, in Isaiah. Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, the power of God. You're beginning to enter into this place. Ooh, I give you my life. I I thank you for all that you've done on the cross. I've honored the cross. I've thanked you, and I've entered into your gates. I'm thinking about the power, your power How wonderful, how mighty you are, how you're an everlasting father, you're a counselor. And I can see beyond, and I'm looking at that lampstand, that candlestick. The middle is the candlestick, the whole thing is the lampstand. And this all represents the fire of God the fire of God. And these would be lit by the anointing oil that they specifically had to make, as I was telling you on Christmas Day. And this is all about the Holy Spirit. Lord, fill me up with your fire. Give me a freshened feeling of your presence, your anointing, your your favor, your goodness. Uh, uh, So the pillars and the candlestick would invite the work of the Holy Spirit into my life. Come, Holy Spirit. Have your way with me. I've given you my body now. Now I'm coming into your presence, your power. It's all amazing. Fill me up with your spirit, Lord. In Isaiah 9, 6, there it says, For unto a child is born, unto a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Hallelujah. That's my government. That's the one I need to be concerned about. That's the one I need to be coming under. I need to honor this, this government that we live in. I need to honor it. But this is the one that guides me. Next verse, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's the pillars. And then you move to Isaiah eleven two, 2, and that's the, the candlestick, the spirit of the Lord. There's seven branches of the candlestick. The spirit of the Lord, that's one, shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom, that's two, and understanding, three. The spirit of counsel, four, and might, five. The spirit of knowledge and the spirit of reverence. I don't have to be afraid of the Lord. No, I can come boldly into the throne of grace and I can have have reverence. When the Holy Spirit falls upon you, you have reverence for God. Because your stuff doesn't matter and it's all identifying like, Lord, I don't want any of that stuff. Only thing that matters is your will, what you want, your desires. And Lord, if there's anything inside of me, clean it up and change it. And the golden lampstand or the lamp, the, the candlestick, fire, power. You're like, Holy Spirit, stir me up. Fill me up with your gifts. Strengthen me, get, strengthen me up with your gifts. Give me a freshened feeling. Set me a fire so I can ignite others into this world. I want to grow and be used in my giftings. Because everyone, believers, every one of you have been given a gift. And if you're an unbeliever in here, God has a gift waiting for you. And believers, you have a calling. You have a calling. You have a calling, you have a calling, you have a calling, you have every individual has a calling. You have a calling. You have a calling that God has specifically designed for you to discover in him as you're intimate in prayer so that you can come under what he is saying and what he is doing, things that is goes beyond understanding his word. But as you align with his word, his spirit begins to fold upon you and fall upon you that fire and that cloud and you're you're feeling in in and fresh and filled and there's this, you start to just feel, feel like those embers that are barely burning in your life start to catch on fire again. And you feel excited about life again. And you feel excited about chains and shifting and, and going and doing and being and becoming. You feel, you feel inflamed on these things. First, 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7, Paul writes to Timothy and says, This is why I remind you to fan the flames, Timothy. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't, Fan it up. Fan it up, believers. This is why when you're just kind of feeling lethargic, hey, that's because you're not fanning that fire that God has given you. And so that's what I'm doing. You come in here on Sundays, and the embers are barely going, and I'm... so I can get some people on fire in this place so that we can actually do what we're called to do. The church needs to become the church so they can be who we're called and created to be so God can say, "Uh uh-huh, the time is coming and it's getting near, we're about to do some things. But we gotta fan that bad boy in flames at 5 a.m. in the morning. Woo! Seven, verse seven, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity but of power. And love and self-discipline. That's the spirit that God has given you. Don't have to be afraid of stepping into things. Oh, Lord, what's going to happen if I pray for this individual? No, I've got the power of God because I spent time with him. I grabbed a hold of that candlestick. In fact, I set myself on fire and I started blowing myself. I know it's cold. I turned on the fan and I just sat under the fan for a while so this thing can catch on fire. When I come and pray for you, Jesus is going to heal you. Everything shifts. Holy Spirit, help me to be a better husband a better father, a better friend, a better leader. Help me to be better. And he just sets you on fire to do those things. It's outside of your norm. It's outside of your character. And that's how the world's going to know you're actually a believer. You ever been in those conversations with somebody and you thought, years later, you found out they were a believer. Huh, I never knew. That might be you somebody's talking about. Huh, I never knew. Who knew? (laughs) <laughs> showbread then you go to the showbread you're going across the hall to the showbread mm. boy anybody ever just just found a place with some bread that you like and you just want to pull up to that table and you want to get a block of butter and just soft butter and try to start cutting butter and buttering up you're buttering up biscuits in the or rolls in the future because i'm just lining them up i'm a, i want that bel- that butter to be melted right there and as it's melting i'm putting some more so i can really sop it up texas roadhouse i'm gonna miss you this week uh <laughs> Lambert's as you go to Missouri, they're over there tossing. I don't know if you've ever heard of a place where they toss they toss rolls at you. I went there a few weeks ago. You're like, give me that roll. Roll, you just hold up your hand. Dakotas, they got that bread they bring out, that good butter too, cutting that piece. You just keep on talking. I'm just cutting, I'm just eating all this bread over here. We got There's a place where I go hunting, Hidden Lakes over in, in Yantis. Chef Cruz, he makes the best rolls. Let me tell you, just gonna give me a slab of butter, Chef. We're going to eat these rolls. I don't care what I have for dinner. I'm having my meal right here. Y'all ready for that fast? <laughs> here we go. You're going to be missing it, but I've got good news for you. I've got really good news because Jesus is the bread of life. He is the show bread, and Jesus is the Word. The Word is Jesus. Look at John 1, and so we go into the show bread, and the showbread is all about, going to the next, is all about proclaiming the promises of God. Now I'm there in that place at the showbread, Lord, I just, I just start declaring back the promises. I gave, you a, I gave you three promises last week if you were here. One of those was, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, and in due time, he shall raise you up. So everything that you've been working for and trying and efforting for and trying to do in your own strength, you're trying to do all this and become all this and get all this thing done. He says, if you'll just humble yourself, if you just draw near to me, then I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to make all those things happen where you can't even stop it. I'm going to give you creative ideas so you can't, you can't sleep at night and see you start, start, start doing those things I'm giving you. I'm going to start giving you vision. You don't have to work it up and earn it and then effort it. You don't have to carry the stress that Jesus gave you the crown of thorns for because he's just going to start giving you understanding that you don't even know where it's coming from. And they're going to know you've been with the Lord. Showbread. Bread of life, Matthew 4:4. 4, 4. This is going to be your meditation this week. I promise you. <laughs> but he answered and said, "It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And whenever you your flesh is wrestling with your spirit this week and your flesh is wanting to eat those rolls I'm talking about or, or go and, and have that coffee that you're fasting or, or that, that sugar or whatever it is that you're fasting, your spirit's going to say, my, my, my bread is, that's not my food. My food is to do the will of the Father. Jesus is the bread of life. I'm going to open up the word instead. I'm going to get my little pamphlet out and say, "Where are we? I may be shaking because I, I'm hungry and I, I don't know what my body's doing, but I'm going to start eating the word. I'm going to take that showbread. I'm going to lather up some oil, some anointing oil on top some Holy Spirit in my, rev- my reading time so I can get some real revelation so that my body can be sustained. Lord, let it be that every word of yours is my bread. The will of the Father, Jesus says is my food. Let it be that I'm bringing under my flesh and my soul under the spirit so I can start to do the will of the Father. That's my food. You start meditating on that and food won't matter to you anymore. Even if it's one verse, you grab a hold of it, you bite that thing, you proclaim the promises that are within it, and you, you convince your soul to stop listening to your flesh And let that spirit man that you're called to be in Christ Jesus begin to rise up and start leading your life and your families and your finances. I promise you, there will be change. Then you move past that and you move to the altar of incense. And there's a coals that are brought out from the brazen altar where those sacrifices were made for your sins. They're brought in and they're placed in this this, uh, altar right here of incense. This is a sweet aroma to the, to the Lord, the word says. It smells like a, a bed, bath, and beyond or, or, or bath and body wear. It's just sweet fragrance everywhere. Mmm, just smells good. I can stay here for a while. And so there's that altar of incense, and that's where we begin to worship his name. See, praise and worship are different. Praise is I'm praising you for what you did, and worship is I'm just worshiping because who you are. Yeah. If you never do anything else, it's good enough for me. What I have right now, and I'm able to live right now, is good enough. It's not thank you, for my, it isn't thank you for my life and thank you for my wife and thank you for my pickup truck. No, it's Lord without you, I'm nothing. You are worthy. You are, you, you are worthy. Worthy. I worship him because of him, not because of anything he's done. Not even for his gifts of the spirit that I love to use. Not for my pickup, my truck, my wife, my house. Because of him. Psalms 95.6 says, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture. Remember, Jesus says, those of you who will come through the door, come through me. Come in and out. You will go in and out, and you will find pasture, he says. You know what, pasture is in the Greek when Jesus is talking about that? It's purpose. Some are getting it and some are wondering what's he saying. I'm going to have to listen to that three times this week. I don't know what I'm created for. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I exist. I've got all these problems and I can't see past these problems and I've got all these struggles. When I come down, oh, Lord, I know it's hard. The older you get, the harder it is. You're like, oh, goodness gracious, I should have worked out before I did this, and you're struggling to get down there, and I want to call my spouse later. But I'm down there, and I'm kneeling before the Lord and worship to him. I'm bowing low. I'm humbling myself before the mighty hand of God. I'm humbling myself before him. You know what the key is? A man that lives like that, he doesn't fall far. worth and the value the identity is in a person's name so i begin to recognize god's name proverbs eighteen ten says the name of the lord is a strong tower the righteous run to it and are safe you ever notice how you when you feel a little bit of shame and condemnation it's hard to run to god but boy the bold the righteous are as bold as lion and i I know God's a good God. I know he has favor for me. I know that no matter what I've done, he's always going to accept me. So I can run to him as I'm washing myself, getting washed off. He is going to meet me in that place with grace. And he is actually going to be the one that cleanses me up. If I will subject and release my stuff to him and let him have it, he already knows it. You're not hiding anything from him. He's just wondering, will you come to me with it? Lord, you are righteous. His names, you are righteous. You are holy. You are, you are my provider, you are my, my healer, you are my deliverer, you are my defender, you are my protector, you are my counselor, you are, you are worthy, you are, you are a warrior before me, you are, you are provision. I don't need to seek provision, you are provision. I begin to proclaim these names of God back to him, everlasting father, prince of peace. And then you move to the ark, the mercy seat, and God dwelt on the mercy seat right here. This is actually a picture of Jesus as well. The cloud and the fire would sit, it would rest right upon the mercy seat. And you would have to put blood from the sacrifice for atonement on the mercy, for receiving mercy. But you can come boldly, New Testament believers, you can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive mercy in your time of need and speak openly and freely. At the Ark of the Covenant, the covenant is where you begin to intercede for others you got everything you need when you're in the presence of the God. Now, now you start seeing things. Man, I just want to pray for others. I have been praying for you all this week. I pray for you every day. But this week, we had tears at this altar on Tuesday morning for you. And we declared that the watering of these tears would provide the not only the seed, it would provide the good fruit that come out of the seed of this ground for your lives, not for ours. We weren't here praying for us. We were praying for you this week. I pray for you every day. I hear the things and I see the things and I long for the things for change for you so that you will hear from the Father and that he will bring the Holy Spirit into your life for conviction, for change, not for condemnation because that's not the Holy Spirit. But I gotta know because I gotta choose to believe and choose to to speak the truth in my own life so that I can come into agreement with what God the Father is saying in the throne room at the mercy seat so I'm interceding I'm interceding for, for the leaders I'm interceding for this county I'm interceding for my church I'm interceding for my pastor hey would you please pray for me I need some prayer I'm asking everybody I'm just gonna ask you I need prayer would you pray for me it's not easy and I know your life is not easy. And so I'm, I'm, I'm hearing these things, I'm seeing these things, and I'm broken for you because I know there's so much more. I know there's so much more inside of you. And sometimes I'm like, I wish they could see what's inside of them, what God is showing me, so that they would answer those things from God and begin to move into the shift and the change that God has for them. 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, it says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, and intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Verse 2 says this, for kings. I'm gonna, I pray for my president. I'm going to pray for the next president. I'm going to pray for the Senate. I'm going to pray for the House of Representatives. I'm going to pray for the city council. I'm praying for my pastors that I have. I'm praying for our board of directors. I'm praying for the elders that we are bringing, the elder we are bringing into this church. I'm, I'm a man in authority, but I'm a man under authority. And there is covering, there is safety, and there is peace when we are under authority. And there is power and strength when we are praying for authority that is in our life. Because God says that he has given, God's word in Romans 13 says he has put all those who are in authority in position. So it's my job as a believer to begin to pray for every position of authority. I may not agree with the person, but I sure better honor the position. And when I honor the position, I'm doing my godly duty so that God can then come and do his work and whoever the person is that's sitting in that seat's life. That's our job. Because I want this. I'm praying for the police. I'm praying for the DPS. I'm praying for when I pass by somebody. I don't know if they're getting a ticket or getting help. The Lord, just bless that DPS and the person they're helping. The ambulances, I'm praying. For. Fire department, when I stand out, Lord, I just pray that you bless everybody safe and, and whole and nobody gets hurt in there. I'm, I'm, I want to live peaceful. And It's felt peaceful having the social media and, and, and Netflix and Prime Video and Google off. Peaceful and praying, peaceful. I want to live a quiet life and all godliness and holiness. Oh, I'm going to let the world know that there's a Jesus and he loves them and there's a resurrection that's coming for them. I'm going to let them know the fire and the power of God because it's in me and it's, in, it's innate in my spiritual nature. Oh, that won't be quiet. But what will be quiet is I'll have peace and I'll have rest and I'll have turmoil all around me. Listen, church, cut off the social media and the news and let the manifestation of demons have itself. I urge you. I have to pray pray first. Lord, before I send this text message, this message says, pray first. Ooh, I pray for my wife. Pray for my kids. Pray for my boss. When you do that, you start to see things differently. And now the miraculous work of God can begin to move in their lives. Because prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. How many times have you said or heard, well, all we can do now is pray, brother. My last resort is to be a believer. Whenever we have an issue, an instance of difficulty, a time of need, oh, no problem, let's pray. Let's go after it. Oh, that attack's coming to you? Let's go after it. Let's address that. Somebody's on the phone, you're hearing some bad news, well, let's pray for them right now. I know it feels awkward praying for somebody on the phone. Warring angels, ministering spirits. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth, we bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. When you pray, you pray that you believe. Pray and believe that you have received. Church, we need to align ourselves with his will, though, so it will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me pray for you. We're going to pray these seven points. Father, we just pray for blessings and healing over our nation. Pray for every every person that's being placed into authority this year. Pray that you, you challenge their hearts to be in alignment with your will, your voice. Pray that your spirit falls upon them and guides them, that you strengthen them to do your will. Let it be known that they don't even know what they're doing, but believers are seeing this official is moving in the path of God's will. Pray for our families. Pray for restoration and healing in our families. Pray for uniting uniting of marriages once more. I pray for relationships that have been broken between the fathers and the children. Lord, your word says that you came to restore the hearts to the fathers and the fathers to the children. Lord, we just proclaim restoration in families right now. Every prodigal child is coming home in Jesus' name. Father, we just pray for healing over families, those who have had generational sicknesses. We just proclaim the blood of Jesus and what took place on the cross over our families right now in Jesus' name. The curse stops here in Jesus' name. The divine health will be released over my body. And as I'm coming under you and your spirit, my flesh can't help but to be healed in Jesus' name, as written in John 3. And the the warring angels would be sent out to do the work As I line myself up with your will and I declare these proclamations with the sound of my voice, they are being put into action. And in my time of need this week, during this fast, when I'm feeling weak and feeble, And I so desire that food, that soda, that coffee, that macchiato caramel with with low fat and low sugar and all these things, almond milk. Lord, Lord, sustain me with your strength, with those, those ministering spirits. The bread of life will be my food, your will. Father, I don't see clearly enough the will that you have for my life and my family. I am pursuing you so I can see more clearly your will for my life, for this church, and those who are around me who I love so much. Father, I'm praying for an abundance of work, that you just bring in so many resources, we can hire more, or I can start that that idea, that job, that business that I've been so desiring but so afraid of to do. Lord, as I set out to fulfill your vision, you bring me provision from places I never would have saw it coming. Lord, my next steps, I so desire to grow with you because I'm tired of years like 2020, and it feels like my generations have been living 2020-like lifestyles their whole life. Cycles and cycles, the same issue. Thanksgiving is the same. Christmas is the same. The same issues, the same struggles, the same problems, the same people not showing up at Easter. The same dumb stuff that continues. Lord, I'm tired of it. Let that break with me. I am choosing to be steady fast and consistent in the next steps that you are telling me to do, you are guiding me to do, whether it's in the church or outside the church, I am drawing near to you, I am pursuing you with my will. And Lord, what is it? I I am giving you this spiritual first fruits, this 21 days and this seven days of fasting. And Lord, if you want me to do more fasting, you just tell me and I'll continue this fast. But what is it you want me to bring in monetarily that says thank you for 2020 and Lord I want to bless you in 2021 because Lord you are a God of abundance and I believe you will provide that good work and I know you and I trust you to bring all the goodness that you have for me to grow in every area of life, every domain of life, because you are a God of abundance. You do not withhold good things from your children. I am proclaiming your word back to you, and I'm going to hold you to it because you are trustworthy, you are honest, you are full of integrity, and I love you no matter what. So, Father, we just, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for what you bore on the cross. We thank you. We give you our minds, our mouths, our ears. We give you our eyes. We give you our talents and our hands. We give you our feet so that you can guide us, Lord. You are powerful. You are mighty. You are worthy to be praised. Give us the fire of God and light us up. Fill us up, Holy Spirit, so that we can... Just breathe on this world around us. Tomorrow as we or Tuesday as we go into our workplace, as we enter into the building, they will know they have been with Jesus. As we speak life, where we would have spoken negativity in the past, where we used to be critical, now all of a sudden we're positive. Well, Lord, just let your fire fall upon us. And as we go to that showbread, as we begin to eat from your word and devour it and let your truths become our truths, and all of a sudden we're starting to look different and we come to that altar, of incense and we're we're worshiping your name father we just thank you you are you are worthy you are a king you are a defender you are a protector I don't have to set up personal defenses because you will take care of it anyway and then we go to the ark we're there at the mercy seat. thank you Lord for your mercies for they are new every day thank you that I may be crying at night but the joy will come in the morning thank you Lord because you have given me an amazing family even if I can't stand on You've given me an amazing family. You've given me an amazing pastor, an amazing job. You've given me an amazing place to live. Thank you that five of us live in this one-bedroom house. Lord, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for the the pastor, the president. Thank you for the city councilman. Thank you for, for every position of authority. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you're breaking cycles in my marriage. Thank you. We don't have to keep fighting this same battle anymore. Thank you that I don't have to believe the lies of our financial financial ups and downs. Ups and downs. Ups. Thank you that I don't have to keep running back to that alcohol. Thank you Jesus. Thank you that I don't have to do those drugs. I don't have to take that anxiety medicine, that depression medicine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for healing. And if you're here today and you've never prayed the prayer of salvation, I want you to pray this with me. Jesus, thank you so much for all that you've done at the cross. I want, in my life and my family's life, everything that was done Settled at the cross. I receive you as Lord and Savior over all of my life. Lord, please give me the grace to walk this change out as a new man, a new woman, a spiritual being. I believe that you were dead and buried. You died on the cross and for three days you were in the tomb and you rose again, resurrected so that I may have life. And I'm going to choose to appropriate my will to obtain everything that was done at the cross. In Jesus' name, I pray.